One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Work Stories is a place for women of color to share their experiences in the workplace. We're no longer whispering these stories to our best friends and partners and then shoving them to the backs of our minds and just dealing. We're talking about bias, equal pay, bad bosses, racist hiring practices, and all the crazy things your coworkers have done or said to you. This is a safe place to tell those stories. The floor is open, y'all. We are telling it all. Welcome back, everyone. On this episode, we're going to talk to Kristen. She had this dreamy job working outside the U.S. in Malaysia. But just like with anything else in life, it wasn't what it seemed. Yeah, let's start off by, you know, tell us a bit about you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, first of all. So I am a digital marketing strategist. Right now, I have my own agency where I do copywriting and sales strategy. Um, So I've been in marketing pretty much my whole career. I am... um, I'm into all things entrepreneurship and marketing, and I've had a crazy journey because I lived in a few different cities and a few different countries, really just all in the pursuit of figuring out what type of business I should run, and that's led me to (laughs) some interesting places, one in particular that I would love to talk about, but um, I used to work in Malaysia for a time. And I would definitely have to say that is my most fascinating work story, for sure. Okay, so first, how to tell us, you know, what you studied in college and what your dream career was. Yeah, so I studied business marketing in college. I went to the University of Maryland, and I didn't know much other than I wanted to be an entrepreneur. That has been a dream of mine ever since I was a kid. Like I would get those little kits where you made lotion, so I had my own lotion line in, like, fifth grade. There was one time when, like, bandanas were all the rage, so I, like, bought all these bandanas from the dollar store and I think I was selling them at school for like two dollars I just always knew I wanted to do something that was creative and figure it out on my own but going to college was hard because I didn't know what that would look like you know back in my day this was before YouTube University really popped off and before all of these resources existed where people can just like pop up and create businesses so for me it was just like I know I want to do something cool. I want to live abroad at one point. I want to start my own something, but I just didn't know what that was. After college was when I really started diving into all the self-taught stuff, the podcast, the blogs, the online courses. Um, And then I started coming into things that I was passionate about, but it was definitely that definitely didn't happen during college. There's very little time, I think, to really be creative and focus on all the things that, you mm-hmm. know, we feel pressured to focus on their extracurriculars. Yeah. And, and working too. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, who's paying the rent? Like, hello? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> or bills exactly. or whatever, you know, whatever you need. And um, I love that you're, like, a baby entrepreneur. That's so cute. <laughs> like, you started selling stuff. Like, I love that. I love that hustle. And I can imagine it only just, like, grows and grows. Yeah, so what jobs did you have right out of college? What did your work life look like then? I was working in a student program in the government. They had like a pathways program for interns to transition into full-time government employees. And I'm from the DMV. So growing up, the government for us was like one of those surefire jobs that you had to aspire to. Like, oh, once you get in the government, like you're set. And while that is true, it's so dry. It's really gray and boring. And I knew I couldn't do that so as blessed as I felt to get that job I knew I couldn't do that for another 20-30 years let alone another five years so I moved to Los Angeles luckily my best friend was out there I had about $800 to my name and I went out there and crashed on her couch and then I hit up all these job fairs and luckily I came across this agency who placed me at a cruise company in their offices so I was working for a luxury cruise line shout out to Crystal Cruises and that was really good for me because it was in the travel industry. So while I wasn't traveling myself, I got to coordinate like travel agents and coordinate all these different tours. As the crew stopped in their different locations, that really just turned up the dial on my like wanderlust because um, I was looking at all these locations all the time. I was I was in the PR and like sales department and um, we would get these travel magazines and I would just go home and take out all of the pictures and I created this gallery wall like this vision board wall in my room with all the destinations and I was like I want to live that life like I want to travel I want to go abroad I don't just want to coordinate trips for other people but like I want that to be my life yeah what was the response from people around you your friends your family as you expressed wanting to do this and got more serious about it for the most part people weren't super surprised because I had kind of grown up traveling a little bit nothing like crazy and I got to do a few small study abroad trips so people knew that I was into traveling but once I started kind of talking about this idea to go abroad I decided like I don't just want to travel but I want to live abroad like at least for a year at least to test the waters out so I decided to move abroad and that's when people were like huh do you have a job like what are you going to do so it was a little bit it was a little bit uncomfortable for people yeah okay so tell us about the moments you're packing up and you're leaving the country? I didn't have much of a plan. I was just going to figure it out. I had a few thousand dollars in my bank account and I had listened to all these podcasts and um, I came across these podcasts about mm. being a nomad in countries like uh, Thailand and Vietnam and over there in Southeast Asia where our currency goes a lot further. So I had been to Thailand for a couple weeks when I was studying abroad mm. and I just like got all these resources online these Facebook groups and they're like yeah people work online all the time so I figured that I could make it work I had some skills some like online marketing skills from creating a store my mom created a store for selling jewelry so I had um been building websites I had been learning social media marketing mm -hmm. and I was just like okay I have these skills I can probably go on Upwork go find some freelance gigs um, or potentially find somebody who needed a marketing assistant you know a virtual marketing assistant you know when I spoke to my parents and people who knew me they were rooting for me but all just kind of confused like how are you just gonna move to another country you don't know anybody you don't have a sure job like what's going on wow yeah I am um... Definitely received those same um, 
girl, are you okay? Kind of <laughs> comments like, why don't you have a plan? Um, or a plan, you know, that makes other people comfortable. But sometimes we have to just step out on faith and we have that feeling and we know what we're supposed to be doing. So we just need to go with it and no one else needs to get it. Exactly. And sometimes you just have to, you just got to run with that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you finally landed like a full-time job, tell us about that. I had been freelancing for about eight months or so in Thailand and then kind of had to go back to the drawing board. Um, so I went back home to the States and my parents were living in Florida. So I camped out with them in Tampa, got a job down there. The job was decent. It was in digital marketing, but I knew it wasn't going to be my dream job or anything. And I still wanted to live abroad. For me, I just had to figure it out. Freelancing is really hard when you're first getting into it, you know, and I had only worked in the real world for all of maybe like two years. So translating those skills to freelance, it was still just like in the early, very rough phases of trying to figure that out. Um, when I was living in Thailand, I came across this city called Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, and I had never heard of Kuala Lumpur, aka KL. Before I moved to Thailand, I was just like, I thought the city was called Kale because somebody was like, oh yeah, I'm going down to Kale. <laughs> It took me it took me a minute to really figure out, okay, L, oh, that's the capital of Malaysia. Mm. And then a few months later, I was visiting and I was just like, oh, this city is cool. Like, it's so modern. There's all these malls everywhere. It's not really what I think people have in mind when they think of a Southeast Asian city. Yeah. When I moved back to the States, I was just like, you know, I could see myself living in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. My friend sent me this job board for international roles. So I came across this company on that job board and it was just like everything I could have wanted at the time. It was based in KL. It was an international startup. It was a personal growth tech company. So it was like online education. They made all these apps, basically taught people how to level up, you know, whether it was manifesting their dream life or their dream career or learning how to meditate or learning how to be a business coach. You name it, they had an online course about it. And at the time, I was really obsessed with personal growth and development. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, like, oh, I have to work there. <laughs> I was just like, get me out of here. The job that I had at the time, it wasn't exciting. Um, but this new opportunity was just like, it was definitely giving dream job. I went on the website. It was one of those really cool websites that was just like, oh my gosh, once you see it, it's just like, oh, who wouldn't want to be there? Yeah, yeah. What were your first weeks like, your experience, like working in the building, meeting people? What were you doing? Tell us all that. Applied and got the job, was super excited. Um, I moved to Malaysia so that they help you with the process of like moving and figuring out what you need to do to get your visa in place. So mm -hmm. that took about maybe a month or two just to, you know, move through that process. So get there, have to set up a whole bank account. Like it's real. It's like, wow, I'm really an expat. Like yeah. I'm getting this foreign bank account. <laughs> I have this uh, work visa in my passport like it was very surreal because I was just like oh my goodness I've never imagined actually being employed full-time by another country um yeah. so you get there you meet all these people from around the world I had co-workers from different places in Africa different places in Europe a couple of other fellow American co-workers so it was just really cool to start meeting everybody and everybody's like excited positive um everybody's just like really really smart too in their own ways and so you you just learn so much and you party a lot too <laughs> so there was like welcome yeah. parties it was just like a whirlwind experience 
experience you. Mm-hmm. They give you this apartment. I was living with two coworkers at the time. One had been there, another one was new, and she was from France. So we were just exploring on our own, just checking out the city, checking out downtown. And the office itself was like this beautiful high rise, like with those cool offices that you see in some of those like startup magazines. How old were you at the time? 26 or 25. Yeah, even one of those. Okay, so that's good context. Like, you know, you really are into meeting people and going out and you want to see everything. You know, you're really excited about things like normally, let alone an experience. Exactly, yeah. I think it was right after my 26th birthday. Okay, nice. So what were your day-to-day duties with the job and and, and what was kind of the structure of that culture? Yeah, so the structure of the culture was... um, We sold online programs and they had apps where they sold online courses. My role was really being responsible for launching our webinars. So we used online webinars and email marketing in order to sell these courses, these programs. And again, these programs are all about like bettering yourself, improving yourself, improving your relationships, your confidence. So we were responsible for like the copywriting and making sure that every piece was in place for this webinar launch. And I was a project manager. So I had to coordinate between the designers, developers, content creators, advertisers, making sure that everything was launched properly and making the company tons of money. So I learned so much about how to sell an online program, how to structure a webinar, like what type of things do you need in a webinar in order to get people to buy the product? How do you set up emails and how do you automate things? Um, How do you advertise using Facebook advertising? So I learned so, so much at that company that I quickly found out it was a very chaotic place. And at the time when I got there, I had this really sweet manager, but she was leaving in like a month, within a month of me getting there. So I was sad about that because um, she interviewed me and everything and I got there, I loved working with her. And then I found out by the end of my first week that she was leaving. And I just kind of started this whole like revolving door of managers that I had. So I was only, only ended up being at the company for like maybe a year and a half or so. And at that time I had maybe five different managers within a year and a half. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It got super chaotic. Okay. Yeah. So then what was going on? Mm-hmm. What like what could you see was happening? Okay. So how do I describe this company? It is it's one of those like again, really fast paced environments. Startup culture, even though they were about maybe twelve or thirteen years at the time, but still operating like a startup where Things are always being restructured. If the founder has an idea, he will just run with it and say, okay, we have to do this. Like, oh, we want to start a podcast. Okay, let's go in this direction. We want to start a a YouTube channel or a TV show. Let's do that. And it was always something new going on, like every week. Um, And the company had about maybe 200 employees. So it wasn't super huge, but it wasn't small either. And um, the founder and CEO, he's like this visionary. He's written a couple books. Um, a lot of people applaud him, you know, because he's one of those, um, one of those, you know, cool public figures that um, looks like they have this really cool company, they're successful, but on the inside, the company is really chaotic. Like we were always trying to do something new. I think there was a lot of overwork going on, and hustle culture was very much, um, very much the way of life there. And it was, in a sense, it was just like, okay, you, you're learning a lot. Like we get to try new things, we get to be innovative. But at the same time, it was just like, yo, slow 
down. What is going on? Like nobody can do this much at a time consistently throughout the year. Oh, we need this course made a million dollars. Like we need to double that next month. And it's just like insane. (laughs) It's insane. And it's kind of like personal growth on steroids because they really encourage the employees to be part of the, the launches and the programs and the courses. But it's just like, nobody can do all of that at one time. It's just like, oh, five extra workouts or um, learn how to speed read or build your confidence. And it's just like, it's coming at you so fast that it gets overwhelming really quickly, really fast. Yeah. I'm imagining like Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. like everybody's hyped up on coffee and or whatever <laughs> else they take. And they're just there all day, all night. And then somebody stands on a desk and makes announcements <laughs> every hour. You know, it's about making money and like, you know, being, which I mean, I've already referenced, like we work, like, you know, kind of all these things that are coming about, about a lot of companies. Like, I think that might've been a model back mm-hmm. then of like, we can do it. We're going to be the best. And I just imagine all these hot people walking around because everybody's working out. Back <laughs> Yes. Oh, and that was another inside joke. They were like, a lot of people would think that the company was a modeling agency because like we would walk in the office, like we were in this professional building, but like we got to wear whatever we wanted to work. So it was just like, you had all these really good looking guys and girls and we would be wearing, who knows, just like a dress or a maxi or sandals and whatever. So people would be like, what do they do? Like, are they models? (laughs) Like, There was like an ongoing joke that the CEO only hired like good looking people (laughs) but yeah it wasn't it wasn't too far from that wolf on wall street like picture just like craziness always just like people always just trying to race to the top but it was marketed as a place that was anti that so it was really interesting because it was marketed as a place where it's just like oh we really care about humanity we really care about improving yourself um and we're not like you know corporate america you know, like we can dress down, we can take time off, we can travel, we can work uh, remotely. And there was part of that there, but it was very much still like corporate America with that crazy, you know, crazy hustle culture and a CEO who is just like a micromanager. And just, it doesn't allow you to really truly find your footing for a lot of people. I'm having five different managers. I'm not having clear expectations of my role. Things are changing. And um, yeah, it just got to be a lot. We had these company retreats too. And that was another story because like, again, it was one of the best work experiences ever because of how much I learned and the people I got to meet. But there was other times where it's just like, yo, I have to get the hell out of here. (laughs) (laughs) One time on a company retreat, and it was cool because like, you know, how many companies offer their employees retreats that are paid for. So again, very grateful for some of these experiences. But there was one point on the retreat where we were playing drinking games with the CEO. What? And yeah, (laughs) we were, everybody was drunk as heck. And there was this one game and it was just like, there was a very sexual question that was asked. And the CEO pointed at me as if to say like, Oh, like I would be part of it. I would be doing something that sexual. It was like very over. I'm not going to repeat it, but it was just like, yes. And for the CEO to like point me out, I was very uncomfortable. I bet. Yeah. I was just like, what? This is not normal. This is not okay. How long had you been there when you went on this retreat? I think about five months. Oh God. Yeah. So the veil is starting to, you know, fall off. Like you're starting to see like really where you're working now. Yeah. By six months in or so, it was 
just like, mm, I don't know about this place. Yeah. So what does it feel like pushing health services, work-life balance, healthy lifestyle, living for you, blah, 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 you know, all of that stuff. And then not having that in that job as you're pushing it. What does that feel like? There were a lot of things that felt very unethical in a sense because mm. it was just like you know we're pushing all this stuff we're pushing mindfulness I think the company was built on a principle of mindfulness and meditation but a lot of the practices at the workplace did not feel very mindful at all it started to feel like a place that I couldn't in good conscience continue to work at if we were pushing these products and pushing this lifestyle but a lot of the employees there don't feel like you are uh, living in accordance to the values that you talk about and a lot of the things that they talked about were also the, the working environment. And I think it was a place for some people who came from maybe um, less privileged countries. When they came, it was kind of like a dream oasis type of opportunity for them to get this opportunity. Maybe some people were coming from like East European countries that might have been like really poor and not having that many advantageous opportunities. So for them to come, it was all relative because they came, they were having the time of their life, you know, they're super grateful. But for me and maybe some of my American and more Western counterparts, it's just like we're getting paid according to the Malaysian currency. And so at the end of the day, I'm not really like banking a whole lot of money. I'm not able to put money towards retirement and all these things mm. so for me it's just like it's a cool opportunity but I don't have to be here like this is not the opportunity that's going to save my life or make my career so it became like I don't need to stay here you know after a few months mm. and um that's when I started plotting my exit strategy yeah and before you even got to that point you had like suggested other friends come and work for yeah company, so right? okay when I first got there within my like first three months I was just like I want some more of my homegirls out here you know it's cool and all but like I need some more black girls and I had a couple other friends who were very much like wanderlust driven traveling working abroad so I suggested that they come and that they apply so they both applied two different times they came like maybe a couple months after each other um and they were both accepted like the, the CEO loved them the company loved them we all had a slightly different role but um it was nice for a time to just have you know us as girls like the three of us they didn't know each other before but we all three became like really close and then all three of us started having bad experiences that it just went down the drain wow Wow. So what was like the final straw? So one of the final straws was I was on like manager number four or five at this time. And excuse my language, but she was a bitch. And she like made us do some, <laughs> she was just like making us do these tasks that didn't make sense. We were not efficient. We did not have clear, clear expectations for the role. And by that time, after switching out managers and switching out structures, you know, like within a couple of months, it was just like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. It's not fun anymore. At one meeting, I ended up crying. Like one meeting, not with this particular manager, but another guy who was kind of harsh. Like I was in tears and I am not that type of person. I'm usually not a crier. I've never been pushed to tears at work. Um, and that's just me because usually I just don't care that much. Yeah. But it was just like, I'm crying in this meeting. So that's when I knew that I had to go. And then there were some other things going on that it just became a joke because the CEO used to talk about like cult marketing and he wasn't trying to build a cult, but he wanted to replicate some of the things that cult leaders did in order to get buy-in. And not, nothing crazy, but just like, I don't know, like offering people tat tattoos of the company logo. 
Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's is crazy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And just like, oh, but the worst part, some of the worst parts was during Black History Month, they were trying to get us to do this campaign. And it was very surface level. Some of the people in the company really disrespected my friend because she's, she's mixed, Black and white. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the guys, he's like European, and um, he was just like, oh, it's Black History Day. And my friend was like, it's not Black History Day. Like, there's no Black History Day. It's Black History Month. And he was like, well, you're barely Black, so how would you know? And it was just like, wait a minute. Like, you're going to tell me I'm a Black American, and you're going to tell me, you're going to, like, even if you're joking, that's not funny. Like, yeah to say how would I know right exactly so that was one incident and another time actually I think this was right after I left one of my friends was still there but the CEO said the n-word and he said it on stage in front of the whole company okay okay wow okay (laughs) he said the n-word and he said it in a sense that he thought that he was cool um because this was also problematic but Russell Simmons was in Bali. I don't know if you know that like Russell Simmons like kind of escaped um, his accusations from the Me Too movement by mm-hmm. going off to Bali. He's having a spiritual movement, right? Yeah, now. spiritual okay. awakening. Awakening, yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. So the CEO ended up linking up with Russell Simmons and thinking like he was cool because of it. And me and my friend are just like, mm. first of all, Russell Simmons is in Bali because of these accusations that he was experiencing in America. Um, and I guess Russell Simmons called the CEO his N-word. And the CEO repeated that. He was like, oh, I'm his N-word. And he repeated that on stage, bragging and showing off that he was Russell Simmons' guy. And I was just like, first of all, no, this is so problematic because it's supposed to be this company that stands for, you know, equality in these things, but you're publicly being seen with somebody with all of these accusations and you just repeated the N word and that's not okay. That is so much. I can't, <laughs> like, I can't remember. I know. Like, I know. wow. Okay. I'm glad you had already gotten out of there because I don't know how people reacted in the moment hearing all of that mm-hmm. and standing there. I guess you, all you know how to do is stand there because what are you going to do? Like, scream at right. I, I, wow so so now that you look back on that experience was there anything you'd identify as like red flags that maybe other people could kind of clock for themselves as well when they're starting a new job oh man there were a lot of red flags there were definitely more than I even mentioned but it's just like knowing how you feel if things feel uncomfortable and if you don't feel like you can have a safe space within the company to talk about it, even if they try to act like you do have a safe space, a lot of times HR is going to be on the company side. So I would say watch out for anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. And if there becomes a pattern, start making your exit plan. You know, there's it's never worth it to stay in a place that you feel uncomfortable or that you feel like you can't really grow in. I'm always thinking, you know, a few steps ahead. So I never went there thinking that this was going to be like my long-term career move. But I was probably thinking that I was going to stay for at least two years. And I got out of there in less than two years just because I knew I didn't need that place. And I knew that no place that was making me feel that uncomfortable was worth it you know no matter how beautiful it looked on the outside or how fun it was at time I just I didn't need it yeah 
Do you regret going? Not at all. (laughs) Not for one second. (laughs) And that's the thing because I still feel like it was one of the best experiences that I've ever had in my life. It has really influenced so many of the things that I do and that I want. Even if it's things like, oh, I know what I don't want to do. Or if I'm building my own company, I know how I don't want to treat my employees and how I don't want them to feel. Right. It taught me a lot about making money but how to do it with integrity by not doing a lot of the things that they did. Yeah. And now you have your own business, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot about um, digital marketing and selling online programs and instructional design. So there was a lot that they did right, I'll say. Um, A lot of the courses were actually valuable. I just didn't agree with the practices of how the company was run internally. But the courses and the content they create, the technology that they create, and the way that they roll out their programs, I learned a lot from. Um, And so those are skills that I've kind of transferred into my own business. Nice. Well, let folks know how they can connect with you, find out about your business. Yeah. So I am Kristen Noel um, on Instagram at getchris, G-E-T-K-R-I-S-S-E-B, or LinkedIn, you can find me at Kristen Wiggins. And so I have a digital marketing agency. I love helping women entrepreneurs master their message and turn their stories into sales and increase their visibility so that they can grow their impact, grow their income, and really just create more freedom and fulfillment in their lives. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh my God, I do really think it should be turned into like a TV series or a movie, but you know, <laughs> yes. one day. <laughs> and feel free, if anyone's listening, feel free to say hello, find me on Instagram, especially if you have a business, I would love to connect and and just learn more about what you do and see if there's any way that I can help. Thank you. Such a fascinating story, right? I'm sure there are more like it. So if you know someone from the U.S. who's working in another country and you think they have an interesting work story to share, definitely reach out to us. Have a great week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 